What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Skate Church Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Shadow, and with me in our Florida studio is my dude, Brandon Baker. Yo! Keeping the scene alive, as always. Yo, so hope you guys are having a good week. This week in the Skate Church Movement Devo Plan, we are on lesson number eight, which is entitled, Who is God? Which, man, at first... Like one quick glimpse, it's like, man, this is a easy topic. Of course, who is God? Easy, easy question. And then you're like, wait, how do you describe that? How do you yeah. really answer that to someone who has like no idea or maybe already has like their ideas of who they think God is? It's like, dang, this is actually a really big topic. So the next uh, bit today and the next three weeks, uh, we're just going and be uh, diving into these questions of like, who is God? What are the characteristics of God? Um, who is he in comparison to us? What's the Trinity? So we're going to tap into a little bit of that today. Yeah, man, it's a big one. So if, again, if you haven't uh, heard about the Skate Church Movement, check it out on skatechurchmovement.com. And if you're just not getting used to this podcast, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, check out the other ones we have of the different lessons and also check out the interviews we have with our boys, uh, Kyle and Lyle and Zane. Um, yeah, just some fun stuff. Hopefully you guys can uh, listen to this and be encouraged. If you want to be on this podcast, hit us up. And yeah, that's really all my housekeeping uh, uh, items to discuss right now. But without further ado, let's just dive in, Brandon. Like, yeah. Lesson number eight, who is God? Okay, so I'm going to start off first off what we know, what we are familiar with, uh, which is skateboarding. So, I, know, I know about skateboarding. So, so to start off with skateboarding, I'll, I'll begin with someone, uh, someone in skateboarding over, I'll say, the last 10 years that is not arguably, but like of the top-notch pros that you have faith in, each part that they put out is going to be perfect. A perfect part. I would say, well, I mean, in, me, in my opinion, perfection in a video part is Mark Suchu, but that's just, that, that's just me. But, but then taking taking yourself out of it, and as, <laughs> as the skater as a whole, like or of the skateboarding community, then who would you say? When I think of the top dogs, if I'm thinking contest-wise, I'm thinking Nyjah, of, of course, course, which of course. is funny because he's... Like every time he tries anything, when I saw him at Tampa, everything he tried was first try. Even right. everything that's super tech was first try. It's like, right. does this dude ever fall? Like he's textbook, man. His reputation speaks for itself. His contest history speaks for itself. But that's what I think is like perfection. Yeah, on honestly, skateboard. He, honestly, he he may get on a lot of skateboarders' nerves, but he deserves everything that he's won. And honestly, smooth, like, and he's, smooth as all get out. He's too. worked like, his too way up. smooth. He has worked his way up. I'll give him credit for it, even though whenever I watch a contest, I'm always waiting for the moment. I'm like, who's gonna take Nyjah down? Like I, that's what I'm always hoping truth. for. Truth. Well, who who do you think? Who who do you got? So my my thought whenever I'm thinking of street street videos and street footage is Ishad. The champ is here. The champ is here. Honestly, he's one of the few guys that can have that. Being said in his song for his video part, and you'd be like, okay, yeah, no, he's the f- one person that can get away with that. Anyone else does that, you're like, ah, this guy is full of, of himself. Next part. In such an effortless style, also. Him, too. Like, he just right. rolls in the park, no warm up, just every every trick, first try, like nothing. Looks good. Looks good. Even when it's sloppy, it looks good. Like, that's what's mm-hmm. crazy with him. So, like, he's he's one of the skaters, both him and Nigel. I'll say a shot in the streets, Nigel in the parks. Like, those are the guys that True. you think of. That you think of honestly, like you have faith in them whenever they're whenever a street video is being put out and you know a shot is gonna be in it. It's you gonna have be good. faith it's gonna be good. You know if Niger's gonna be in the contest, you know he's gonna bring in some tricks that you would not imagine to be first try in a contest. Oh yeah. Like that's that's what you think of. But but take those two guys, switch where they're at. What's what's that video part that you talk about of Nigel's uh oh, the where Ni- you see all of the slams? Till death. 
Till death, like perfect name for it. For honestly. First time you're really seeing Naja actually take slams and you realize, wow, this dude is human after all. He's not perfect. Finally, yeah. And, like, then, and then a shot on the other hand during contests. Right. Dude, the unsanctioned event of Street League that happened mm-hmm. this year. Oh, yeah. He was looking so good when they were when they were just talking, seeing him seeing in the background. As soon as it starts, I think he landed two tricks. The entire thing got dead last. Mm-hmm. The trick that he did land was a sweet kickflip into a bank that not even a bank. It was like the scariest looking quarter ever. In Niger's Park, that made absolute no sense, and that was it. Like that was it. Everything else he didn't land. He was just kind of messing around and not really looking like the champ that we all know him to be. So it's like these dudes who we associate with perfection on a skateboard. Even these guys, they're not landing everything every single try. They're not right. always perfect, but they also fall, and they're just they're just people. They're exactly, just, they're just men. They, they they worked hard at their craft, but even as much as they try, they still can't exactly. be perfect. So the pinnacle of perfection that we in, we see in skateboarding is still imperfect in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, whenever we think about God, like you were saying, it's hard to define Him. So uh, what we were talking about at the park last night is whenever you try to think of God and how you, if someone were to ask you who is He, what first comes to your mind? Either you're met with nothing, or you're met with too much to provide something to say this is a god that's a god that but there's all these lowercase g gods but who is capital g one and true god right and it's so hard and it's so hard to define you find yourself because you have so many answers that you want to say but you don't know what to say correctly so you always end up tongue-tied whenever trying to talk about who god is well um over the last few weeks we've been going through the bible and understanding that it is something that is true trustworthy and filled with things that his God is trying to use to speak to us to help us uncover who he is there are a few aspects in the Bible that it does say to help us clarify a few factors of God because even though we have these factors to rely on we still don't know fully everything about God Paul one of his most devout followers often refers to God the gospel of Jesus as a mystery throughout the entirety of it and this is a guy who had his stuff together he got it figured out but he still ends with most of his letters Pray for me as I may make known the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of God, the mystery of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like it's a, it's a mystery because if we could fully explain God and fully describe him to the finest detail, it's like, wait, if we can describe him, do we like, is he really God? If we can explain him? Is that like, all he is? He doesn't need an explanation. Like he is God. A few of the key things that I wanted to bring up, uh, we have a variety of scripture that helps us point out some of the major aspects to help us know some of the defining aspects of God when trying to answer the question of who God is. So first off, I'm going to talk about his perfection, which is mentioned in Isaiah 55, 8. So one idea when thinking of God, we just mentioned about perfection. You can look up, seriously, you can do a Google search of scripture talking about God's perfection, and you'll have hundreds of things pop up. One of the things that Josh Neres, the guy who wrote this devotion for the Skate Church movement, mentioned was not any of the things that directly say God is perfect, God is perfect, directly in those words. Instead, he used Isaiah 55, verse 8, where it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. So it's saying like to the point that we as humans living in an imperfect world and we are so imperfect that we can't even comprehend the thoughts that he has because of how perfect and well they are. That in itself like shows such a far separation between us and him that that helps puts him on a level that we can't even understand. It's it's indistinguishable to us. So we know that he's perfect and, and that is one simple way of putting it. The other thing that that he mentioned was also in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 that gives a few key factors to help us rely on of understanding of who God is and it says have you not known 
Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So here we have several key things brought up, and it mentions that God is everlasting. So Derek, whenever you think of the word everlasting, what are things that help come up when understanding what that word means? Everlasting that it doesn't stop. Like it just keeps on going and going and going. Kind of like reminds me of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Everlasting God stopper. That's like it's something that just doesn't end. Like God has, it truly has like no beginning, no end. Like some kids last night at the skate park were like, you know, there's the God in the beginning and there's the God who's going to be there when everything's said and done. I'm like, you don't think they're one and the same? It's like in Revelation, you know, it says, like, you know, he is the alpha. He is the omega as well as um, Revelation twenty two thirteen. It's like, you know, I'm the alpha and the omega, the first and the last beginning and the end. So think of everlasting. I think of exactly that. It's like, dude, where has he not been like in history? Where has he not been where he has already seen the outcomes? Yeah. Where he already knows all the plans. He's there. Right. He's everlasting. Yeah. God is everlasting, meaning fade he away. Is, he's outside of time. What we understand is time, which, to be honest, who understands time? It doesn't make sense. God does understand time, yet works outside of time. He was there for the beginning. He was there for the end. Saying that he was there for the beginning, next thing that it mentions is that he is the creator of the ends of the earth, the creator of everything that is around you, the world itself, not just the world itself. He's not the, the God of this earth. He's the God of the universe. Because of him, it all began. Because of him, it all is. Because of him, it all was and is to come. After that, it then mentions this very unique way of saying it, that he does not he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Unsearchable. So his understanding is, is all-knowing to the point that none of us can comprehend what he knows. And I'm not going to say what he doesn't know because he does know everything that we don't know. He understands what it is that is incomprehensible to us. So that just really shows in one simple verse a lot of aspects that we can rely on knowing of who God is. And it is these things, that he is everlasting, the creator, and that he is all-knowing. And then going in, uh, following in with that, what does God know then about us? What is his connection to us um, other than being just the creator? It says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Okay, okay, okay. Right there. <laughs> that is huge. So it's saying there that God is a part of everything that we're doing. It's not that he's sitting back and did all these things. This covenant that he made with them for thousands of generations, thousands, that God has been present, involved with us, and committing to what he has said and what he has made. So there's this uh, big word I'm going to throw out real quick. You don't really need to stick on the word, but stick on what it means. Moralistic therapeutic deism. This is something that a lot of today's people really are more so whenever they say they're a Christian, they are more so following this where God is, I'm sorry to say it, God is not Santa. God is not Mufasa. Derek, I know you are a lover of the Lion King. What? Oh, sorry. sorry I should say you're a lover of Disney. Lion King is in there. Gotcha, I know gotcha. he's not. I know it's not your top. I know it's yeah. not your top tier. Uh, you, you're more... You're more leaning on the Pixar side, and that's why I trust you. The interesting thing with this is that, spoiler alert, Mufasa dies. What? Okay, you knew that, Derek. Don't play with me. You knew that. Okay, so Mufasa dies sacrificing himself for his son, Simba. Unique thing after that is that Simba then goes the rest of the movie without his father until one moment. He finally is accepting that he needs help and doesn't know what to do. So he looks to the stars, and he reaches out to his dad, and Mufasa appears in the sky. Then to answer him, helping him, saying what he needs to know. 
And it was only then that he responded to him. A lot of us have this idea that God is the is the being that is there to help us only when we are in dire need. Like, oh man, I forgot to do my homework this upcoming video, or I forgot to study for this test. That is in five minutes. I'm going to say a quick prayer now. God, give me the answers to all of these problems that I didn't work for, and I will be good. That's not exactly how it works. God is more than just the Mufasa sitting in the sky waiting to give you an answer when you just need it. God is working way more than that. He's there for every aspect in your life. Every time you turn a corner, God is there saying, hey, what do you need help with? I'm here to be with you. It's not just in those small moments whenever we go to him. God is waiting for you to go to him, but God is there more frequently than just the small needs that you have in your everyday life. God is more than Santa just waiting to see you do all of these good things and then giving you the goodness that he has. No, his love is bigger than that. His love goes beyond that. And what it says right here in Deuteronomy is that his love is given to those who obey his commands. But then what, is it, what does it say about those who don't obey his commands? Because not everyone at my skate park is obeying his commands. A lot of them are sitting on the fence on whether or not they believe this stuff. So I wanted to make sure that they understood Isaiah 55, 7, that it answers this exactly when regarding those who aren't obeying his commands. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them for he will freely pardon. The love that God has is not just to those who are obeying his commands, but it is there waiting to be accepted by those who aren't obeying either. He's there freely giving this abundance of love if you're willing to notice and realize that he's there sitting in front of you waiting for you to accept his abundant love. Uh, Derek, I know that you were leading on this as well at one of our other local parks in the area. So like, how did you take that in answering who God is? What route did you guys find yourselves in? Well, eventually I started asking the kids, like, you know, who, who do they think God is? And it led to a whole bunch of different things. So I shared my background with like when I first got exposed to the question of who is God. And, and I'll close up this, uh, this, this little episode with this little story and illustration. So growing up, I remember being on the kindergarten playground with all the other little kindergartner kids. And they're like, Hey, do you believe in God? And I'm like, yeah, sure I do. You know, cause I didn't know any better. Like I wasn't raised Christian or anything like that. I just had this idea of like, Oh, if you believe in God, then you get to go to heaven. Cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's not really just for clarification. You were a kindergartner on this playground too, right? I was a kindergartner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but that's like the way I was raised was being told, like, if you believe in God, you go to heaven, but I never had anyone else to tell me otherwise. And eventually my neighbors across the street witnessed to me. They brought me to church. I started learning more and more about who God is. Um, because up until that point, I was having this image of God is like, he's some old man with a long white beard sitting on a throne, scolding me if I mess up, like keeping a record of all my wrongs. And, you know, but if I did some good, maybe my good could outweigh my bad. But that's like how God is. Like he's keeping this like this count of like, is my good outweigh my bad? Is my bad outweigh my good? Am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? I hope I can go to heaven, but it all depends on how well behaved I can be. Like that's the image of God I had growing up. And that's where a lot of guys, maybe they, they still think that kind of stuff. Maybe if they weren't raised in church, that's who they think God is. Like ready to punish them. Like like Bruce Almighty with uh, Jim Carrey, where he's like, God's an angry kid with a magnifying glass. Like trying to, you know, I'm a little ant and smitey, mighty smiter. Um, <laughs> I love that movie, but... But that's how I thought God was Mm -hmm. Um, until, you know, you read in scripture, like God keeps no record of wrongs, man. Thank God for that. Like, thank God for sending Jesus that we don't have to be having our sin, you know, held up um, as this big record of like, I don't deserve to live, which we don't deserve to live. We don't deserve to have eternal life. But Jesus came so we could have a fresh start. Mm -hmm. He he came so we could be no longer enemies of God. We can be friends of God. Like we can be redeemed. We can be made new. And so that's what I'm getting at is to say, 
you know, when we finally ask God who he is, he reveals himself to us. When we finally look into scripture, look into his word of truth, it tells us this is who God really is. And we can look through there and see he's a, he's a creator, but he's also a father. He's also healer, savior, ruler, judge, king. He's holy. He's set apart from us. He's so different from how we are. He thinks differently than we think. His ways are different than our ways. Um, but he also has plans for us. And that gives me so much hope to know that he's not a distant God who's just way off there doing whatever. Literally, God knows what. But he's <laughs> right here with us today. And so with that, I want to share this. Like one of my favorite verses that I want to sum this all up with is that God is love. You know, First John 4 um, verse 8 says, you know, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me so much comfort in my soul because I thought God was just going to punish me for everything I'm doing, which again, we deserve that, but he loves us too much to have our, our wrongs or our sins just weighed against us. And he wants to lift that burden off of us. And so I'm going to read this verse here, Jeremiah 29, 11. We, and I'm sure we all know it very well for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. That's huge. That's not a distant God. That's a God who wants us to communicate with him, who wants to be near us, who wants us to interact with him daily. And it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's huge. Like think about whenever, uh, whenever I lose a pen, like I'm always trying to like write stuff down all the time. The other day I could not find my pen for the life of me. And I'm searching everywhere. I'm searching my backpack, searching my office. I'm turning over everything. Like I'm flipping over tables like Jesus did all those things, <laughs> but I'm looking everywhere and then where was my pen? Like an hour later, our shop manager goes, um, Derek, your pen's behind your ear. And I just have my pen just tucked away my beanie in my ear. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how foolish am I? And I say that to, to give the illustration to say, that's how I see like how earnestly we should be seeking God for one. We're, we're like, I want to find him. I want to spend time with him. I want to be in prayer. I want to know him. Like not just say, oh, I read a verse. Eh, he can come to me when he wants to come to me, but whatever. No, seek him out, dude. Like seek him out and you will find him. He promises that you will find him. But the other part about that illustration that gets me is it was right behind my ear the whole time mm-hmm. where so many times we were like, God, where are you? Are you up there in heaven? Like, ah, like, come answer me. And he's like, dude, I'm right here with you. Like whispering that to us. Like, Hey man, I'm right here. <laughs> and, um, so I share that to say like, dude, God is, yeah, he's this infinite, all knowing, all powerful creator being like everything. And but yeah, he's also relational and he wants to know us. And so that's where I kind of want to close up this one with, you know, who is God? Dude, God is love. God is a father and God loves you. And when we seek him out with our whole heart, like actually give him that full seeking, you will find him. So that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, again, we're going to dabble with some more of this next week with the character of God. And again, if you have any questions or if you uh, have any comments you want to talk about, or if you have prayer requests, dude, hit us up, uh, email us on the skatechurchmovement.com website. We want to partner alongside of you guys. we praying for you for, um, for yourself or for your skaters, um, industry ministry in general. Like we want to become alongside of you and be any kind of resource we can be, whether it's through podcasts or resources, um, or just relationship. Like we want to be here for you guys. So, so hit us up with any kind of stuff. So, uh, on behalf of Brandon Baker and myself, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep pushing forward.